until you've been affected either in your family or your own pet. As a vet, I would like to have solid proof of everything. I want the studies to be perfect and I want there to be no side effects and I want to guarantee that X, Y, or Z will work. But when you're on the other side of that, trying to help your four-legged or two-legged family member with cancer, you're willing to look at all sorts of things that might help, especially when the standard of care isn't great. Welcome to Dog Cancer Answers, where we help you help your dog with cancer. Here's your host, James Jacobson. Hello, friend, and thanks for joining us today for one of our question and answer shows. Today's caller, Sandy, has a really interesting question about using a drug designed for a totally different purpose, deworming, to treat her dog's cancer. And joining us to address this outside-the-box idea is our resident medical editor, Dr. Nancy Reese. In addition to being a practicing veterinarian, Dr. Nancy has a PhD in epidemiology, and that makes her an expert sleuth when it comes to decoding scientific studies. Dr. Nancy is the chief medical editor of the sponsor of this show, The Dog Cancer Survival Guide, the amazing book written by Dr. Damian Dressler and Dr. Sue Ettinger, who you may know as Dr. Sue Cancer Vet. You can pick up a copy of the book on the website dogcancerbook.com. And now let's get to our caller who's been kind enough to leave a question on our listener line, which you can call at 808-868-3200. Do that anytime you want. I'll tell you more about that later on. But first, Dr. Nancy, thanks for being with us again. It's a pleasure to be here. We're going to go back into the proverbial listener mailbag slash hotline and take a call from Sandy about a dewormer drug called Panicure. Hi, this is Sandy in North Carolina, and my dog, an Aussie, was just diagnosed with stage 4 A lymphoma. And I was just wondering if Dr. Dressler has ever heard of using the dewormer Pancor for treating the cancer. There's conflicting information out there, and just wondering if there's been any success stories or possibly if there's a problem that it could actually cause the cancer to grow, which some people I've spoken with have said they've had that experience. Thank you. Well, Dr. Nancy, using a dewormer as a cancer treatment, I wasn't expecting that. So this gets into a pretty fascinating subject, at least for a nerd like myself. There are a lot of drugs that they're repurposing for use in cancer. Some of those are actually mentioned in the Dog Cancer Survival Guide. But fenbendazole, which is what Panicure is made of, is a really interesting one because who would ever think that something that we give to get rid of worms could possibly help at all in the treatment of cancer? And I have to admit, I don't have any personal stories of success or not success with it, but I have certainly looked into the use of it and how this came about, especially having family members with cancer. I've been looking for all sorts of other repurposed drugs that might be in the arsenal for later down on down the line. And the same thing applies to dogs as well. So as far as I could find that, I think the studies that first suggested this went back to the early 2000s. And they were doing studies in mice and injecting, I think, lymphoma types of cells into these mice. And they found in some of the mice, 
that cancers wouldn't really take hold, so they couldn't then do whatever study they were doing on the lymphoma. And what they determined was that the mice that weren't getting the lymphoma to develop, they were treated with the dewormer fenbendazole for some, I'm not sure why they were deworming the mice, but that seemed to be the critical thing that kept these cancers from taking a hold of the mice. So people started looking more at what this agent does and how it might affect cancer. And it comes down to it affects little things called microtubules, which are important for supporting the cell and potentially making them grow and spread. And the fenbendazole tends to inhibit that. And in worms, it affects them much more. But in cells that are cancerous, they also have a very high growth rate. So the fenbendazole affects their microtubules more than they would normal cells. So it's not going to be a cure-all for cancer, that's for darn sure. But given that it started out in these mice, people started really thinking, well, what if we started using this in other cancers? So there are anecdotal reports out there of people using dewormers and having their cancer somehow get better, but there really isn't a lot of great studies on whether this is going to be a good thing or not. We really don't know about the long-term side effects in humans for dogs that were deworming you know, we may give it for three to seven days, not continuously like you might have to for a cancer type of treatment. So it's certainly an interesting factor. It won't be a cure for a lot of cancers, but we may find that it's some sort of adjunct down the line that combined with something else, it will make a different drug more effective or something along those lines. One of the mouse studies, they found if the mice got fenbendazole plus vitamins, then the cancers decreased. But if they were given either the vitamins or the fenbendazole alone, or maybe it was just the fenbendazole alone, the cancer actually got bigger. And so that is, I think, where some of the it causes cancer or it cures cancer came from, is that it was one combined it with vitamins and one didn't. But then other people said that the mice that their cancers grew were kind of outlier mice, that that didn't happen in the whole group. So you have to really pick apart the study to see that it's not universal effect. It's not all the mice that got fenbendazole didn't get cancer and all the ones that got it, you know, the cancers grew and things. So it's an interesting topic, but it's not, in my opinion, going to be the radical cure that we'd all like to have. Sounds like there are definitely some off-label uses for this dewormer and a lot more research needs to be done. But I'm impressed that you're looking at this, not just for dogs, but for family members. And I mean, this is what vets are doing. They're looking at all the options that are available. And sometimes these drugs may have some therapeutic benefit beyond what they're intended for. I think that's a really good point because until you've been affected either in your family or your own pet as a vet, I would like to have solid proof of everything. I want the studies to be perfect and I want there to be no side effects and I want you know, to guarantee that X, Y, or Z will work. But when you're on the other side of that, trying to help your four-legged or two-legged family member with cancer, you're willing to look at all sorts of things that might help, especially when the standard of care isn't great. So we have some of these cancers in dogs in particular, we just don't have good outcomes. And so, you know, the standard of care is great. I mean, things like lymphoma, the chemotherapies are really pretty effective, but you get some of these rare cancers and you really start looking outside the norm to see what else can be done. And that's where some of these repurposed drugs really come into play. Dr. Nancy, thanks for weighing in on this. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you again.
Well, friend, that is it for today. To access the show notes for today's episode, go directly to dogcanceranswers.com, where you can also listen to or download any of our previous episodes. That website is dogcanceranswers.com. Of course, we are on all the social media channels, and you can get those links on our website. Now, if you like our podcast, please subscribe to it in your favorite podcast app. Every week, you'll get the next show as soon as it drops. And remember, subscribing to a podcast is free. I just spoke with a listener today who didn't know that. So subscribe because it's free. And speaking of free subscriptions, there is another one I would like to encourage you to subscribe to. And it is not a podcast. It is a free newsletter delivered straight to your email box called Dog Cancer News. Sign up and you'll get regular emails to help you and your dog navigate the complexities of dog cancer. It's really a great newsletter. In fact, a reader called us just the other day to make sure that we had her updated email because she was changing her email and she didn't want to miss a single edition of our newsletter. So sign up for the newsletter. You can get that at this website, dogcancernews.com. Go to Dog Cancer News and get a free copy of the Dog Cancer News. And now, a message from your dog. Every day with you is like a day at the beach. And I want as many beach days as possible. I want to run and sniff and find a good stick to carry. I want to roll in the grass and warm my belly in the sun. I want to walk with you, run with you, sleep with you, eat with you. And when I eat with you, I want Everpup. The green grassy beef liver spiked smell wakes my senses. You may not realize this, but it tastes like homemade gravy, especially when you wet it. It infuses any food you give me with health and life and vibrancy. I can feel it. Everpup traveling to every cell in my body, nourishing each one. Does it roll back time? Of course not. Not really. But it helps me feel like I'm on top of the world. I'm so glad you're giving it to me every day. Because every day I'm so glad to be with you. I'm so grateful to be your dog and for the ever pup you give me. So now that you know what your dog wants, get Everpup, the ultimate dog supplement. Everpup is available in select pet shops and on Amazon. But to get the best price possible, join the Everpup Club at everpupclub.com, where you'll get your first jar for just $8 with free shipping anywhere in the U.S. Go to everpupclub.com and use the discount code DPN. That is everpupclub.com. Everpup every day. If your dog has cancer, you need to get a copy of the best-selling animal health book, The Dog Cancer Survival Guide. Because no matter what you've heard, there are always steps that you can take to help your dog fight and maybe even beat cancer. At nearly 500 pages, this comprehensive guide is your complete reference for practical, evidence-based strategies that can optimize the life quality and longevity of your dog. It's written by two of the most respected names in dog cancer, full-spectrum veterinarian Damien Dressler and veterinary oncologist Susan Ettinger. With the Dog Cancer Survival Guide, you'll learn 
everything that you need to know about conventional treatments, surgery, chemotherapy, and radiation, including how to reduce their side effects. You'll also discover the most effective non-conventional options, including nutraceuticals and supplements and diet, as well as mind-body medicine. What I love most about this book, which I've used with my own dog, Kanga, when she was diagnosed with cancer, is how to analyze the options and develop a specific plan for your own dog based on your dog's type of cancer and your dog's age, your financial budget, as well as your personality. You can get the Dog Cancer Survival Guide wherever books are sold, but if you get it direct from the publisher, you will save 10% when you use the offer code, especially for listeners of this podcast. Just go to dogcancerbook.com, and when you check out, use the promo code PODCAST, and you will save 10%. The website again, dogcancerbook.com, and use the promo code PODCAST to save 10%. I want to let you know about an important newsletter. It's called Dog Cancer News. Now, with a name like that, it is not for everyone. But if your dog has cancer, you will want to subscribe. That's because every issue features articles that will be helpful, such as low-carb dog cancer diet recipes, new clinical trials, financial resources to help pay for cancer care, information on supplements, and lots of other helpful info that your veterinarian may not know or have the time to share with you. Also, when you subscribe to Dog Cancer News, you will get a weekly update on the topics covered on this podcast, along with links and resources. So how much does Dog Cancer News cost? Well, today, you can subscribe for free. It's our gift. For a limited time, you can get a full year's subscription for free. No strings attached. Just go to this website to sign up for the newsletter now, dogcancernews.com. It takes less than 10 seconds to subscribe, and it is totally free. Do it now at dogcancernews.com. Remember touch tones? Well, I'm a little old school. I remember those when you had to use your finger to pull the dial or well, anyway, those touch tones are here to remind me, to remind you that we have veterinarians on call on our listener line. If you have questions for one of our dog cancer vets, give us a call and tell us about it. And your question could be answered by one of our veterinary experts on a future episode of Dog Cancer Answers. The telephone number to call is 808-868-3200. That is 808-868-3200. It is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, or you can visit us on our website at dogcanceranswers.com. Until next time, I'm James Jacobson, and from all of us here at Dog Cancer Answers and Dog Podcast Network, we wish you and your dog a very warm aloha. Thank you for listening to Dog Cancer Answers. If you'd like to connect, please visit our website at dogcanceranswers.com or call our listener line at 808-868-3200. And here's a friendly reminder that you probably already know. This podcast is provided for informational and educational purposes only. It's not meant to take the place of the advice you receive from your dog's veterinarian. Only veterinarians who examine your dog can give you veterinary advice or diagnose your dog's medical condition. Your reliance on the information you hear on this podcast is solely at your own risk. 
If your dog has a specific health problem, contact your veterinarian. Also, please keep in mind that veterinary information can change rapidly. Therefore, some information may be out of date. Dog Cancer Answers is a presentation of Maui Media in association with Dog Podcast Network. Is artificial intelligence going to change veterinary medicine? Well, it already has. Right now, on Dog Cancer Answers, we're speaking with Dr. Kelly Deal of Morris Animal Foundation about how AI is impacting veterinary research and the practice of medicine itself. That's on Dog Cancer Answers. Get it wherever you get your podcasts or at dogcancer.com slash podcast.